When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Deep Share Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Rouse, and for the last couple of decades, I've slowly been opening my eyes to a very different world than the one I grew up hearing about. And the more conversations I have with interesting people, the more mystifying this world becomes. So without further ado, let's get deep. We've got science to celebrate demons for this hell. Come on! There's rebellion in the wind. Everything I've said is true, it's real. Dinosaur blocks? Now let's put those here to test our faith. That damn lie, I, I saw them with my own eye! Did I accuse just drop sharply while I was away? We did it illusions, man. None of it is true. I'm not insane! This is mass madness, you maniac! In God's name, you people are the real thing! We are the illusion! Welcome back to the Deep Share Podcast. So I'm finally getting to sit down with Mr. Ryder Lee of Raised by Giants. How's it going, man? What's happening, brother? I'm glad we can make it happen for this evening. We've tried a couple of times, but hey, this is the this is the best time to do it. Everything happens when it's supposed to. So here we are. Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's good to finally have you here. I've wanted to talk to Ryder for a long time because, well, he and I connected over a similar interest and a similar perspective on disclosure, UFOs, aliens. And honestly, I I really thought it'd be a good idea to kind of sit down and share our perspectives because it's not going to be identical. We have, we're coming from different places and you cover a lot of different areas compared to the areas that I cover. And I think it's a a worthwhile conversation to have for sure. And uh, of course, congratulations, man, on JFK X just coming out recently. This is amazing. It's a really incredible film. Yeah, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Me and uh, Jay Widener, my writer and producer of the film, put our brains together and we uh, created this amazing movie, a brand new look at the JFK assassination, something that's going to completely blow your mind called JFKX, Solving the Crime of the Century. It's out now on Amazon Prime. And it's also important for your audience to know uh, that this film that me and Jay Widener made it's not just a rehashing of old information, right? It's new information. And it's unlike anything that you've ever heard before. We take you through all of the different theories, what people have speculated that happened on November 22nd, 1963. And it's not just another JFK movie, right? 
Like, you know, when people hear, oh, it's another JFK documentary is coming out. It's another JFK movie. Oh, how many times are we going to hear that the CIA did it and that the mob did it or the driver <laughs> of the limo did it or there was multiple shooters or is the grassy knoll shooters, right? But right. I have badge to tell man. you, badge man, badge man photo, the classic <laughs> badge man photo, which later he said that it wasn't uh, correct and that he, mm. uh, you know, uh, there wasn't enough information within that photo to come to any kind of conclusion that there was a guy with a badge sh shooting a rifle or shooting a gun at JFK. But it's none of that, right? It's none yeah. of that. And uh, which we do examine a lot of things in the film that people are really familiar with, uh, you know, like the mob, there's a huge section in the beginning of this film. That's one of my favorite sections actually is uh, the huge examination of the mob mm. and what RFK was doing, which JFK uh, RFK is JFK's brother, right? People are getting this stuff really confused nowadays there because JFK junior, which is RFK's sorry, RFK Jr., which is RFK's son, is now running for president. But right. RFK was uh, basically, he was going after the mob hardcore. He was prosecuting all these mobsters. And it's uh, and he actually got Joe Valachi to actually admit that there was a mob. Because back then, in the 50s and the 60s, the mob w wasn't well known. I mean, people were thinking that the mob didn't even exist. They were kind of like this boogeyman right. out there and everything. But examining everything that uh, RFK was saying during that time is mind blowing, dude. And you watch the film, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Everything that RFK was saying, and we put it in the film, JFK Act Solving the Crime of the Century, is what everybody parrots throughout this community. Mm -hmm. right? Everything that he was talking about is what everyone talks about now. Yeah, which oh, is absolutely. would be unbelievable. Everything he was saying, he's saying that he's uncovered this uh this uh governmental this huge section of governmental organized crime and that there's uh sections of the the corruption is huge everywhere and this is in the 60s and imagine if that's what he was uncovered in the early 60s, imagine where it is now. So right. JFK and RFK definitely seen where the country was heading. And they were trying to stop that. They mm -hmm. were trying to stop it. And I don't think that they knew how deep this um, organized crime and mob really ran. And uh, they realized that they couldn't stop it. So if you're interested in watching uh, JFK X, mine and Jay Widener's uh, brand new documentary on Amazon Prime, I highly recommend it. And uh, if you could leave a review and a star rating, because we don't have a a huge, um, you know, production company behind us. We don't have anybody that's, that's pushing this out. It's really just me and Jay and the people that watch it, that like it, that share it with their friends and their family. And that's the way that it goes. It's a grassroots type of thing. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. If you would check that out, we put a lot of work and a lot of effort and a lot of time into uh, making that film. Yeah, it's incredible. I can vouch for it. And I'll be writing a review, man, for sure. Um, I wanted to say that within the first two minutes, I was like, oh, I'm so glad this was done by Ryder and Jay because they have the broader perspective. Whereas you go throughout the years, and I'm not saying that other filmmakers or other people that have made documentaries about JFK are just total tunnel vision necessarily. But when it comes down to it, most of the conspiracy theories around JFK were, they became mainstream. It was very mainstream to think about it. So coming from two men like yourselves 
who have a very wide range of perspective when it comes to the fuckery that's going on behind the scenes <laughs> and on different levels and perspectives. You know, I really appreciated that you guys were tackling this and you guys did not disappoint. So everybody, without giving too much away, go check that out as soon as possible. Yeah, JFK. the JFK. Yes, thank you so much. JFK, X7, the crime of the century. And JFK assassination and the conspiracy theories surrounding the JFK assassination is a lot like other conspiracies that run around in this community. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Because because people, when they're not given the truth, Andy, they will create their own truth. Mm -hmm. And that has been the sole problem with this community in general and all of the communities, the UFO community, the spiritual community, the conspiracy community, the cryptid community, all of it. Right psychedelic community it has been created by us no one yep. has been responsible for those uh it's not like the government has been uh creating these conspiracy theories it's us that have created them and then it's been constantly perpetuated and then it gets added added on to and then before you know it it just gets accepted by the majority of the population and i got to tell you the things that are accepted by the majority of the population are always wrong right in this community of the time. <laughs> and in outside of this community and yeah. i've really been trying to expose that with my uh, ufo cult series that i'm doing on my youtube channel raised by giants and it's a podcast as well and you can check that out but by examining these UFO cults, because this is really what I first started out with, right? I started my show being about spirituality, because when I first started my show back three years ago, I was like, well, why is everything so messed up? Like, why have we created this culture that seems like that they don't care about anything? You know, there's mm. there's something that's missing here. Why yeah. would we rather film somebody in a fight than actually get into the fight and break up the fight? Or why would we rather film somebody that's drowning than actually jump in the lake or the river or the ocean and help them and save them? Why yeah. would we rather film? There's something wrong here. There's something missing here. And I came to the conclusion at that time that it was a spiritual thing that people were were missing right and then it, it evolved from spirituality into ufos and extraterrestrials then it got out of ufos and extraterrestrials more into the remote viewing and the psychics and uh, the governmental uh remote viewing programs and psychic programs and then it went into mk ultra and then now it's just uh, evolved into these ufo cults because it's very important andy to to figure out where a lot of these thoughts and these ideas come from. Mm. And I've proven without a shadow of a doubt that a lot of the theories and thoughts and ideas surrounding extraterrestrials and extraterrestrials landing and saving humanity and that there's going to be this global disaster and that uh, that there's ships all around our planet and that the universe is heavily populated and all that comes from these UFO cults. Yeah. All of these thoughts and ideas come directly from these UFO cults. And when you go back, you can see, and it's just different kinds of terminology that we've been using. But some of them are, are still going on today, uh, like the Ashtar Command Cult. Oh, my God. Yes, I actually interacted with them on Twitter this afternoon. I can't remember what I said, but something troll worthy. I don't know. But <laughs> they're always putting up ridiculous things. It's. 
and, and it's really kind of like one cult when you step back yeah. in a way it's very interesting that it's always um something other than ourselves something outside of our capabilities something outside of our brilliance our beauty our creativity it always has to be something else and i like you have been studying this quite because i was very passionate about history and aliens so i loved ancient aliens man but over time and through other points of interest research cross cross contaminating my love for aliens uh yeah kind of rooted out all of that and i started digging into the past and finding similar to what you're finding is more and more humans over and over again. It's all human intervention and it's being blamed uh, as a scapegoat on something that you can't see, something that is unprovable, something that has zero evidence to back it, right? Mm. And one of the earliest things with the Ashtar command cult came from this dude named George Van Tassel Mm. right here, right? In 1952. Yeah, they've been around for a while. Well, he didn't really start a cult per se, but he did. He was one of the very first people that claimed to channel uh, Ashtar and the Ashtar command, right? Mm-hmm. Which all of these cults, they all sprung up around the exact same time. It was yeah, it was in the early fifties, and that it's not a coincidence that at that exact same time in the early fifties is when. The CIA started their MK Ultra programs. Yeah, Gottlieb starts getting involved in all these things, and and of course we get a very watered down version of of uh, MK Ultra in the public and even in the conspiracy communities up until recently with uh, research like stuff that you've done and others who have kind of exposed the idea that MK Ultra, what we get is this brochure, but what it really was is a very all encompassing umbrella, like the monarch that is described is based basically what we're dealing with wouldn't you say that absolutely that's exactly what's going on and, and with this guy uh van tassel he uh he was basically a channeler he would be called a channeler now if he was still alive uh in this time he would be a part of the uh the, the channeling community spiritual and, right yeah and he claimed to have um, contacted Nikola Tesla, right, <laughs> via psychic uh, and telepathic communication, right? And he also claimed that he had telepathic communication with a bunch of different extraterrestrials. But apparently he contacted Nikola Tesla, which died, uh, I think, in 47 or somewhere around in that area. It was like four or five years before uh van tassel claimed to to contact him but he claimed to have contact nikola tesla nikola tesla told him and uh, gave him schematics to uh, create this device that's called an integration machine right nikola tesla didn't give him the schematics and all the drawings to create a free energy device that everybody claims that nikola tesla had back in the day he gave him uh schematics and how to build an integration machine which only george van tassel would know about and only george van tassel could use right it wasn't a a public thing familiar and apparently this integration machine gave george van tassel the ability of immortality and rejuvenation and also gave him the ability of anti-gravity and time travel 
right? Mm. So this dude, George Van Tassel, back in 1952, was talking about uh, time travel, anti-gravity, rejuvenation, immortality that he apparently got from uh, communicating with the deceased Nikola Tesla, right? And then this whole thing gets, it turns into, it turns, later turns into a cult because the uh, person that George Van Tassel was working with at that time that was pushing out his information in magazines and in newspapers and stuff, Van Tassel started getting mad at him because there were other people that were claiming to channel Ashtar Command. And Van Tassel here claimed that everybody else that was cl- that was claiming to channel Ashtar Command were wrong and that they were false and that they were just making stuff up. He was the only one that was uh, in contact and channeling the real Ashtar Command. Right. Those guys right there. Yep. Yeah. These very Nordic for some coincidental reason looking people. Nordic blonde hair, blue eyes. Always. (laughs) Whether we're talking pre-dynastic Egypt or we're talking, you know, the uh, the Kurgan steppe. It doesn't matter what point in time in history. If we're talking gods, we're talking this description for the most part, which is always fascinating to me. And they claim that this Ashtar person is basically, you know, Jesus, right? Is a is an right. extraterrestrial Jesus, and uh, just like all these cults, they all have certain things in common. They basically all, especially the UFO cults, they all claim that Jesus, uh, Buddha, all of these big figures, Krishna, are all extraterrestrials, right? <laughs> and that's where we get the idea that. These that Jesus and all the stuff was extraterrestrials. That the uh, the, the the star of Bethlehem was a UFO uh, during Jesus's birth, and like so convenient. Oh, it is. It it's is very literal. Convenient. You know, <laughs> and that's the problem. <laughs> and they claim that Buddha and Jesus was from Venus, and Krishna was from uh, Saturn, and that's where we get all the Saturn stuff and uh, that there's these hierarchical structure of these beings. I mean, it's all talked about within these cults, right? And Mm -hmm. people are just regurgitating that information now that was prevalent back then. And they have absolutely no idea where it came from. People that are channeling Ashtar today for sure as hell do not talk about George Van Tassel. I absolutely not. <laughs> name me one person that claims the channel Ashtar Command and the Galactic Space Fleet that talks about George Van Tassel. And he was the very first person that claimed to channel the Ashtar Command. Right. right. But this Ashtar Command call got way out of hand. Uh, people were talking about uh, doomsday and end of the world predictions that Ashtar that the world was going to be destroyed and these Ashtar ships were going to come and pick everybody up and that they were all going to be saved and they were going to go back to the Ashtar command planet. And then in the mid nineties to early nineties, whenever the internet got very prevalent, they used the internet to uh, convey their made up nonsense uh, Ashtar command stories after every single one of their predictions from all these channelers failed Right. They had to do they had to switch it up and then create something new. So then they started claiming that everybody that came before them, even including George Van Tassel here that started the Ashtar Command channeling, uh, were wrong and that they were infiltrated by a breakaway Ashtar Command group, an evil Ashtar Command group that uh, was giving them false information. And only them, this new Ashtar Command cult 
on the internet in the uh, mid to uh, early 90s were the only ones that had the real Ashtar command. And then they gave uh, channeled messages. And then they gave their people that wanted to channel Ashtar a, a set of rules, a set of guidelines to follow to make sure that their Ashtar command messages that they were channeling were real and authentic, right? Just like the Ten Commandments of the Bible, mm -hmm. just like we see other cults uh, have done that. The Heaven's Gate cult did that as well. Once they got hit with that huge media blitz in uh, 1975, they they came out with a rule book, uh, mm -hmm. commandments, a, a step list, and that was 17 steps. The Ashtar Command steps were, were 12 steps, not 10 steps like the Bible. So then yeah, it's it just, similar to uh, Joseph Smith's story too, and you know with uh, George being the only one that could use his device or whatever. And, you know, Joseph Smith being the only one that could understand the tablets and this and that it's all yeah. quite similar as well. Yeah. It's very similar. And, and you have to be a prophet, right? You have to boost yourself up to a high position to where you are the only person that is the intermediary between what you're claiming to contact or what you're claiming to channel. I mean, in other cults do this too. Like it's yeah. not just UFO cults, uh, regular cults do this as well. You know, like Jim Jones did this, uh, oh, yeah. uh, Charles Manson did this, uh, David Koresh did this as well, that they're a, a prophet sent from heaven from uh, uh, in some, the, the heaven's gate called it the, the next level. Right. right, the the next evolutionary level above humans, that they were in. The, I just did a show on the Heaven's Gate called, and I broke it all down here uh, earlier today. That's awesome. And I'll have to check it out. It was a super long, very convoluted because there's so much going on in, in between there. But uh, yes. basically, the uh, toe and um, he and Doe here from the. Uh, hold on, I got a picture. Here of them somewhere. Oh, right here. Right here. They switched up their beliefs so many times within their cult that it just became completely ridiculous and did not even resemble what their first uh, mission was. But anyway, toward the end, um, Doe here, he claimed that they were extraterrestrial walk-ins, that their bodies had been taken over by extraterrestrial beings from the next level in the early seventies. Right. And that so he was after no... he castrated himself, I believe. Right. Yes. <laughs> after he castrated himself for uh, having uh, gay urges and, and, and gay uh, tendencies. And he was ashamed of his gayness. And then he projected that right. onto his followers and, and a few uh, others to do the same, right? Yep, six people, six people in the group also got um, castrated. I don't want to well take us off track here, but I do want to ask you just because it's something, it's a little obscure thing that I'm aware of about this thing. Did you cover it all? What possibly gave him the idea about that mothership behind the Hale Bob Comet? Yes, because I they're... believe that was Whitley Strieber <laughs> and... and who else? <laughs> And it was either Art Bell or uh, George Norrie, I believe. Okay, well, so there's this friggin' guy, and I'm drawing a blank right now. It's driving me nuts. I've been trying to remember for the past couple minutes. But he runs this remote viewing website. Yes. He's, he's got a woman's name, like a typical woman's name. 
as his first name. He's a really weird guy. And he only hires young, attractive female remote viewers to be his on screen, like <laughs> gurus, uh, you know, remote viewers. And I guess this guy was originally famous because he was saying that there was he remote viewed or his team remote viewed a mothership behind the hale Bop comet. And this was prior to yeah, the Heaven's Gate suicide situation. It was very yeah, close in relation. I, I mentioned that in the uh when I covered the Heaven's Gate nice. call today, okay. but I didn't get too much into it because I wasn't uh too sure on the details because like there is there's so much uh there's so much different conflicting stories within the um the heaven's gate cult i mean there's yeah. conflicting stories on just how they even met right yeah. some people say that uh toe and d met because uh well, i'm just going to call them by their actual names uh marshall applewhite and bonnie marshall. nettles um marshall and bonnie some people say that they met because uh Marshall had gay tendencies and checked himself into a mental institution where uh, Bonnie was a nurse at the mental institution. And then another people say that uh, he was a, uh, a musician and that he was um, auditioning for a play, a big time role that he was getting ready to have. And then he had a mental break in the middle of rehearsal and then went to a mental institution. And that's where he met Bonnie. And then other people claim that they met at a uh, drama school and then other people claim that he was a uh, music professor and that's how they met. So it's, it's very convoluted and people, no one has a clear story on that. The super ultra mega awesome UFO cult and nobody knows how they met. Right. That's right. a huge red flag right there. So absolutely. Uh, there's so much conflicting information around the, the heavens gate cult, but one of the earliest cults, which is called the the Seekers cult. Oh, I've heard of them. Yep, yep. And they claimed to be in contact with these uh, guardian extraterrestrial races that were going to land their ships in uh, the United States because the United States was about to be destroyed by a giant natural disaster, an earthquake followed by a tsunami, right, in December 21st of 1954. Oh. And... Good then, thing they prevented it. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they said. <laughs> okay, so they they pushed the date back. They, whenever that didn't happen, right? They they pushed the date back and they said, "Oh, Christmas Eve of 1954, they'll come." That mm. date came and went. Then they were like, oh, "Okay, well, the reason that they didn't come and the destruction of the uh, United States didn't happen is because we were such good cult members and we did everything that we were supposed to do. We so the, the, the U.S. no longer has to be destroyed. So this guy, James Fetzinger, right?" He infiltrated the group. He was a psychologist. He infiltrated into the Seekers cult. And this is going to blow you away if you don't already know about it. It's going to blow the listeners away too. He is the one, this guy right here, James Fetzinger. He is the one that created the term cognitive dissonance. Whoa. That's a big one. And it's always our psychologists of the 20th century that have basically given us all our higher language and our progressive thinking and how many times do we hear cognitive dissonance thrown around this community and they're how using many times it as we feel it <laughs> <laughs> right but he developed this term after studying 
the seekers UFO called after he infiltrated into the group and studied their mental stability and the, uh, the progression that they would go through after every one of their predictions failed. Right. Wow. And that's how he came up with the term cognitive dissonance. It came directly from the seekers UFO cult and studying their mental capacity and how they would rationalize in their head and in their mind the excuses that they would make for an event from one of their predictions not happening. I vote to rename UFO Twitter to hashtag cognitive dissonance. Because <laughs> my that God, is- you just described the entire community. And I'm not trying to say that every person in there is, you know, full of shit or something. There's a lot of us types in there talking too, you know? Um, but man, that is the general feel of that entire community. When you start looking at the tweets going on and recent things coming out about yeah, Elizondo and sock puppet accounts and trying to take out uh, skeptics and this and that, it's all very, very bizarre. And there's so many pieces moving around. But when you take something like this and you kind of look at the roots of these cults, it really puts everything into perspective. And maybe there, it, maybe it is a lot of our, our, uh, into our, our uh, tendencies to let our imagination fly. But I do, I would say that, you know, it's not all us. I would say that there is some sort of push that's, that's given to us by some sort of shady shadow government, you know, entity or secret society connection or, you know, I'm not going to say reptilians because I don't believe in that shit, but you know, the overall idea of these elites or something, this secret group that has the keys to things in, in a sort of way, there is some sort of push to begin with. And you look at people like Elizondo and others that fill those roles as, you know, they come off. I keep calling him uncle America because he literally just looks like an uncle fucking flipping burgers. <laughs> you can trust him with anything, man. And yeah. he's got so many people roped in. It's just the whole community is like that. So, I mean, I don't, I, it's, I don't like to go that it's all us, but I do agree with you that most of it is us that they, they just know how to push us in my opinion. Well, the way that this works is that, People hear little pieces of information that's been regurgitated from a lot of these UFO cults, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Like um, Marshall Applewhite in the Heaven Skate cult, he was talking about how our belief, whatever we believe in and whatever we know pertaining to the afterlife is what we're going to get whenever we die, right? Mm. So whatever it is that you believe in, if you believe in heaven, that's where you're going to go. If you believe in hell, that's where you're going to go. If you believe in a super ultra mega sweet mothership that's going to come save you and take you to their amazing planet, that's what you're going to get, right? Now, how many people have we heard in the community regurgitate that, especially in in the spiritual community? The first person, the first person that I ever heard talk about that was um, Jordan Maxwell. Mm. And that's not bashing Jordan Maxwell at all. But I thought that that's where that came from, because that's the first person that I heard talk about it. But it wasn't. It came from Marshall Applewhite in the 70s, 80s and 90s. Mm. He's on video talking about this. Right. You know, so that's how easy we have selective 
memory when it comes to these things, right? We, we can take on a lot of information all at once from a bunch of different sources, but we forget where the source of that information comes from. So over yeah. the years, all that's happened is a select few people have heard stories from the Seekers cult. They've heard stories from the, uh, the Aetherist Society cult. They've heard theories from uh, the Royalian movement that started in 1974. Mm-hmm. This guy here saying that the Elohim contacted him and came to him uh, physically and told him that uh, the Elohim have been mistaken for God and that they're really extraterrestrials back in 1974, right? Right, right. You hear little pieces of certain things and then what people do is they just mix it up all together (laughs) absolutely yes (laughs) and they make a what i've been calling which i termed it is a conspiracy burrito right they've just sounds delicious it's it's so yummy oh my god it's got everything in it it's got time never ending i hear it's like endless uh refills on the soda Yep. You got, you got replicator technology. You don't even need to eat, bro. You don't even need to go to the store. You just hit a button and then it pops out the, the pot pies and the pot roast and all that. And there's we haven't even travel. gotten to the, we haven't even gotten to the blue chickens yet. Oh my God. Oh, no, the blue chickens, dude, the blue chicken <laughs> avians are there. Uh, Ashiana <laughs> Dean's avians are there. The Palladians are there. Everyone, oh, yeah. everything's there. the clones are there. The cyborgs are there. The interdimensional travel, the anti gravity craft, the aliens right. visiting humanity, all these it's all there. It's all wrapped up in one tight little neat bow, right? And it's just digested and continuously regurgitated through the years. And right. then when other people, it just, it's, it's a constant revolving door of nonsense and whenever you go back to the very beginning of a lot of these theories which i'm currently doing right now by examining these ufo cults you see that the origination of these theories have zero proof and zero evidence and zero backing on them Mm. all of these cults have made predictions on certain dates that never come true no one has ever made a prediction for a specific date and that event actually happened. It has never happened in the history of any self-proclaimed prophet, any cult, anybody that's talking about this stuff, right? But this guy right here, this this guy, Rael, he was smart about this. He was very smart in this Raelian cult, which started in 19... 19- 74 which is yeah. the exact same year that the uh <laughs> that the heaven's gate cult started as well which is very interesting. interesting he made the date so far in the future that by the time that date comes around he's going one he's going to be dead yeah two the cult's not going to be alive anymore three no one's going to care four people have already forgotten about it right and it's not going to matter anymore. This guy, Rael, from the Raelian cult, says that the Elohim extraterrestrials that uh, created humanity uh, is going to land their ships on planet Earth in 2035. Ah, <laughs> we'll get okay. to see it at least. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if anyone cares uh, by then, to, I mean, it's not going to matter because he's going to be right. dead. He's already like 85, 90 years old right now. He's going to be dead by the time 2035 comes around, right? So then he's you laughing won't have to... and shit in his pants, man. 
Right. And he was told by these Elohim creators of humanity that he was to build a embassy for these uh, Elohim extraterrestrials to land their ships in 1935. Right. And he did. So this is where I got to. I got to ask that I'm sure you've looked into like Eric Von Daniget and Zachariah Sitchin, those angles, because I feel like, you know, when we're talking origin, I can't, I'm not sure about the exact timeline here, but some of these ideas probably, well, they seem to have come from something like Sitchin's work, you know, where you have an actual linguist translating things incorrectly in some cases um, you know, translating Anunnaki to mean those from heaven to earth came rather than princely offspring of An and Ki, which it actually truly means. Um, you know, these theories that he put forward in his book series back in the day, not unlike Eric Von Daniget and Chariots of the Gods and a few others of that time period, seems like cults would have popped up out of that, wouldn't you say? Well, that's what a lot of researchers have concluded surrounding the Raelian call with uh, old Rael here. Right, the especially researchers... the Elohim. That made me think of Sitchin and, and the Sumerians and, and all of it. You know, it's that's my fucking bread and butter. I love that 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 area of time. But a lot of the researchers have come to the conclusion because I believe Eric Von Daniken's Chariots of the Gods came out in the late 60s. I think it was yeah. 68 or 69. One of those dates. Don't have it in front of me. Don't quote me on it. That's but a lot right. of people have uh, come to the conclusion that Rael from the Raelian cult got a lot of his thoughts and his theories uh, from uh, Chariots of the Gods, right? Mm -hmm. Which a lot of these cults also got their theories, their thoughts and their theories from other people. I mean, Marshall Applewhite uh, from the Heaven's Gate cults and, and uh, Bonnie Nettles traveled around the United States and went to all of these gurus and new age spiritual centers and stuff. To And they did that for a reason. They, they did that to collect information, to wrap up into their cult and to their own theology and create something new. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Right. right. And they successfully, well, I don't know if you want to say successfully, but <laughs> they, they did do it right. They had uh, hundreds of followers in, in the beginning. It dwindled down to a little over 40 in the end, but uh, you know, that that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. It, it, it's taking little bits of information from, a few sources over here, a few people over here, a few gurus over here, a Swami over here, new mm. age center that's popping up over here because this new age um, philosophy and this new age theology was becoming really popular in the uh, mid fifties and into the sixties and in the seventies, especially in the uh, hippie counterculture yes. movement as well. And that's where a lot of the, the heaven's gate cult members came from. They came right. from the hippie 
counterculture, the, the people that were wanting, that did not like organized religion, that did not uh, resonate with, uh, you know, a lot of the mainstream religions of that time, and they wanted something new. And then here comes along this dude, Marshall Applewhite, that's got all these crazy, wild, uh, well, I don't want to call them crazy because a lot of it has been regurgitated right back into this community. I, I would say um, different theories <laughs> that uh, people had never heard before. I mean, that's what a lot of the members talked about uh, after was that and even during that they were really intrigued by it because it was something that they had never heard before. Right, right. Yeah, man, looking at the 20th century and how this kind of unfolds, I keep thinking while we're talking here about Crowley and the Theosophical Society and, you know, how that was a totally different era, but it was when the occult and the New Age was kind of subversively entering pop culture all over the place and it reemerged in the 60s and, you know, we're talking about MK Ultra and the hands that push things around behind things. And it's, these are these are all areas that are very connected. And I'm curious if you've uh, looked into, say, Crowley, like in his uh, channeling of what I consider to be the first gray alien drawing in modern history. I don't know about you, but his lamb drawing. Uh, I wonder if, if you've thought about that or looked into that area compared to where all these other influences are coming from yes and i'm going to get into that on my uh my next episode ufo Ooh, cults part four nice. because i'm going to be studying the order of the solar temple uh, uh -huh. ever heard of them. yeah absolutely but, this is good <laughs> yeah order of the solar temple which has a lot of uh connections to alistair crowley and the OTO. So I don't really want to get into no, that that's okay. uh, right, right at the moment. That's coming uh, next week. So that'll be uh, uh, part four of uh, UFO Doomsday Cult. We're going to be going into the order of the solar temple because there's a lot of things yes. uh, that's going on there with Alistair Crowley and this organization and the OTO and a lot of uh, occult themes. Uh, and I'm going to unravel that whole thing. Uh, oh, I can't wait. Because yeah. uh, and I believe when this episode's out, that episode will already be out. So please go check that out on on Race by Giants. Uh, that's awesome, man. Uh, th these are the areas that I'm fascinated by. Uh, I, I kind of look deep into ancient history uh, to kind of uh, unravel some of these things because the ancient alien hypothesis seems to be uh, well. Obviously, it's been prevalent and popular for a long time, but. Now we get little bits and pieces hinted from, you know, these talking heads. Uh, I would say Bob Lazar was one of the most prominent ones, but Elizondo's made mention of it. Mellon's made mention of it. These archaeological digs and things like that. And I feel as though that is where the bread and butter is when it comes to if there's any sort of psyop going on, because what what are we really after all of us in general is who we are and where we come from and we're already talking here about this super synergy between the spiritual and the ufo phenomenon and i don't know for me personally maybe i'm too paranoid still maybe i need more unraveling but it looks to me like there's some serious orchestration going on and you know, I'm taking into consideration these thousands and thousands of years of these repeating symbolic cults over and over again. And uh, yeah, just really, really interesting to see how this all 
comes together, you know? Yeah, there's a really big problem within the community. Uh, people always want to, they're always clamoring for the truth. Everyone's always saying, give me the truth. I want the truth. I need the truth now. Please give it to me. Right. But that's not really what they want. They they want their own thoughts, theories, beliefs regurgitated right back to them. Right. Yeah. And they don't want the actual truth because if because it would completely destroy their um what they already previously thought. It's like an awakening within an awakening, right? I just posted on Facebook earlier that um that the cover what people think the cover story is, right? is the actual cover mm. it goes even deeper than what people think is going on so the cover is the actual cover and there's something that's being brushed under the rug within the cover-up right? absolutely and that's what people they they don't want to hear that right they don't want to hear that there's no proof of extraterrestrial life. They don't want to hear that there's no evidence of extraterrestrial life. They don't want to hear that a lot of the stuff has been made up uh, by people that are trying to get a following, that are uh, putting out these extravagant uh, stories of abduction and aliens uh, visiting the planet, that the earth is so freaking, I mean, that the universe is so populated with this booming life, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. where yes. are they at <laughs> show me where they are Andy. they're all among us man <laughs> i mean that's really the oh, only theory that i can uh come up with is that they are here and they are us yeah we I are the extraterrestrials oh, right? absolutely yeah certain that's yeah, the only I, explanation that you can come to based off of really analyzing the whole extraterrestrial movement and the UFO uh, right. phenomenon, right? It's the only common sense and critical thinking possibility yeah. that you can really come to. There is no evidence of life outside of our planet, physical life, right? right? And that's in a physical body like we are. Right. There's no proof of any extraterrestrial. The only thing that we have, Andy, are stories. Right, absolutely. Anecdotes. We just have stories. And, and this stories is where are not the proof. spiritual angle comes in. And this is where they need, or they, whoever they is, they need that spiritual angle because the anecdote takes on a whole new level of seriousness or uh, it's, you know, it's revered a little differently especially with the uh, the new age movement and things like that. The, the heavy influence of my truth versus your truth can coexist. And I find that extremely problematic. And I get into arguments with really good-minded, nice people who put that out there. And I, and I don't mean to, but it's like you, you're, I don't know. For me, it seems that, you know, we are existing in a mutual ground here no matter how spiritual or magical or subtle, whatever the, you know, what's really going on is this right here is a very common ground. Physical is physical that, you know, I think we have been taught to let go of it and try to only look beyond it. You know, the whole idea behind quantum physics that's, that's promoted is the idea that physicality is, is bullshit or nonsense. And I find that that's, part of the story 
but not the whole thing. And I believe that that's what's being like focused on more than anything. And it just ties back into all the nihilism that we see uh, being promoted throughout culture. Like you were saying in the beginning, why you got into this from the, from the very start, you know, what's wrong with us, what's going on. And it's, I do think there's a push and a shove that comes from high up, but we also, you know, we take the shovel from their hands and we dig our own graves for sure. Absolutely. And it's been instilled into us from a very young age, not only personally, but societally as well for us to hate this reality. Yeah. It's boring. Sucks here, bro. Sucks here. What's happening? It sucks here, dude. I hate it. I don't want to be here anymore. We sound like the Anunnaki in the Sumerian text saying, but the work is too hard. Physical life is difficult. Really? It's like, fuck, man. We are the God, the lazy gods. Yeah, that's exactly right. And that has created this huge impact on us as a society and individually, right? Because it keeps us continuously looking outside of ourselves for the solution to our problems. Right. And that could be anything. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, something big and extravagant, like extraterrestrials coming to save us from our boring, crappy, shitty, uh, nonsensical lives here that we hate so much. And that's something that the heaven's gate cult promoted. Marshall Applewhite is on record on video several times saying that he hates this world. Right. And that it sucks and that we're not supposed to be of this world and how you get into a higher level, uh, the next level, the next evolutionary level above human is that you have to throw away all worldly things. And how you know that you're in contact with a being from the next level, this next evolutionary level above human in heaven is if they don't promote anything of this world. Mm. So he claims that God doesn't want you to be successful here god doesn't want you to have nice things god doesn't want you to live a harmonious life here you're supposed to throw all that away you're supposed to throw away your possessions you're supposed to uh, not be of anything of this world and you're supposed to be androgynous you're supposed to uh, not have a sex and the only people that are permitted into the uh, evolutionary level above human is androgynous people right and and the, the, does that sound familiar anybody more uh big topics merging perhaps we, absolutely we and that's that's kind hey, of you, <laughs> it's all gonna come to a like a like a i don't know like a crescendo of some kind it seems i don't know i keep picking up on that you know you mentioned this androgynous thing it's like yeah that's right i forgot that whole aspect of their philosophy and it's like where do we see that echoed again and again now it's right. just a little bit different right in front of uh, our eyes. Yeah, man. It's, it's all converging in some weird way. And it's and funny you- because a lot of that possession stuff, like shrug off all possessions. It's like a lot of these people in the new age, because new age is this, it's a bullshit McDonald's version of Buddhism. Honestly, a lot of it is because Buddhism says things like this, but they say it said, it's said in great context and deep think deep thoughts and you know much philosophy to dig through before you come to these kinds of ideas and you know learn how to use them rather than just 
go to these extremes, which is vastly promoted in our society as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing that people have been equating to extraterrestrial involvement, I, I try and say this every time that I get the chance to, because it's it's really important for people to understand this and realize exactly what's going on, right? And put things in the perspective for them, right? Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that's been attributed to extraterrestrial involvement, right? One of the things is that extraterrestrials, the greys are abducting us to take our DNA, Mm -hmm. to take our genetic material. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Ancestry.com. Exactly. Right. (laughs) The the testing of 2020, right? Mm -hmm. It's exactly what they were doing, right? Taking our DNA and taking our genetic material for some sort of database. Now I have no proof for that, but it makes a lot of sense. Okay. The second thing is, is that extraterrestrials have been blamed for hybridization programs, mixing DNA with uh, human DNA with some sort of extraterrestrial DNA, right? To where uh, they're making extraterrestrial human hybrids. Yes. Well, what are we doing right now at this very moment, right? iRobot, which again, just not to cut in too much here, is the tale of Adapa from Sumer, Sumer. Like that movie, I Robot, you go back and watch that. And then you go look into the Enuma Elish and the story of Adapa from a Sumer. And it's like, holy shit, this is that story. And we are now the Anunnaki. And it's very weird. And that has, they've turned, that's what the hybridization is. It's not a hybridization of some extraterrestrial race because they don't exist, right? Mm-hmm. It's humans doing this to humans, and the hybridization is a hybridization of human mixed with technology. Bingo. Like and it's being done right in front of our eyes, but the people that could do anything about it in this alt community thinking that it's some hairy fairy nonsense, uh, space galactic command grave reptilian aliens <laughs> that's doing it to us that we can't do anything about, right? You no. can't do anything about super highly advanced extraterrestrial aliens that are all around our planet, right? Exactly. And that's why they blame it on them. Right. It's a scapegoat. It's being blamed on something that you can never see. There's no proof for it. There's no evidence for it. All the while... <laughs> Something else is doing it to us. Humans are doing it to humans on the planet, but that gets brushed under the rug for nonsense, space, alien, evil invaders. Jinn, gods. I mean, it sounds like a game that's been played for quite a while and our language is just yet again being upgraded. Yep. And I hope people really listened to that and they get that through their heads and because maybe if they do, maybe something can can change or maybe we can do something about it, right? But we can't do anything about it by people continuously 
talking about space aliens and evil extraterrestrials and the gray aliens and, and the Palladians and Nocturians and the people that are saving us and the people that are fighting the, the evil ones and that there's this galactic war and there's this battle for humanity that we never see. Uh, right. We have telescopes. We have all kinds of different equipment to see on the surfaces of other planets. We can see that none of them are inhabited. Uh, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just, it's a huge psyop and we didn't even cover Corey. we didn't even touch (laughs) him and ryder's done plenty of work deep work on that whole situation as well the 21 and back the suit the super soldiers the the uh secret secret space program which you know i find a lot often as as well as you find this often in your research that these terms they root back to real things often but they have nothing to do with the chaos that is involved in the mythology around them where like you know something like project looking glass is seen as a time travel or a look into the future kind of situation and then someone like you comes along and kind of stomps on those fantasy parades that people have going on over things like that you know and yeah 1952 the operation looking glass was a uh air force uh command post and air force operation to put a uh nuclear launching pad in space right had nothing to do with uh seeing into the future seeing into the past any kind of time travel it's not a fucking pensive from harry potter right now, the thing is, is this is always mixed with what I believe. And I know you said you started this show on kind of more of a spiritual level. Uh, curious where you stand here, because I do believe that there is, uh, I guess, what we can call from our perspective here in duality, in human drama, magic, quote unquote, going on within consciousness, within the connection we have with one another, this flabbergasted crazy experience called life that we have going on there is this root that's in us that is this uh mystery seeking thing i guess you could call it and i believe that this is exploited to its utmost you know as much as humanly possible and as you were saying earlier that you want to try to get that message out as much as possible i'll sound like a broken record now as well i'm constantly saying that when you grow up in a world where you're constantly told everything is mundane and your imagination is shit and it's just nothing and it's all about you know putting the hammer to the nail and that's it and then you die when you're told that your whole life and then you have a legitimate experience within your own consciousness or something to turn your head enough to know that mundanity is not exactly the best description of the world it's really hard to close those gates or see what we're talking about tonight because once you find out that you've been lied to your whole life that the world isn't mundane that consciousness is fascinating and there's a mystery going on at the heart of humanity that we still have not a clue about because it's like beyond language perhaps you're subject to a million follies and you're so vulnerable in that state and you start to hold dear to that new openness and that those doors should never be closed. Shutting them was what my old life was like. And so I just like to express that too, because we've all been there. At least a lot of us, I come from a very alien believing past and you know, I'm not even ruling it out necessarily in the grand scheme of things, but what we are dealing with in our, you know, bronze age and up until the present is not 
uh, at least what we've come to understand that word alien to be. Yes, and I too do not rule out the possibility of some other life form. Right? Sure, right. But it's not coming from outer space. No. It's not coming from other planets, right? It's here and it's been here. It's indigenous to this planet and it's always been here. It's mm. an ancient society. It's an ancient yes. group. It's an ancient uh, humanoid being. And more than likely, they look identical to us. Right? They're no different. They're just an older version right. of us. Right? And we have so much proof of them. When we start looking into the old records before things were fucked with, or in a lot of ways anyway, you know, old anthropology records, things like that, what they considered about folklore and mythology being fair enough, like legitimate stories of the, the early wars, the early migrations, the early situations going on with these old bloodlines and things like that. There's a lot of legitimacy to it. It's just how we frame it and how we look at it. And I think you've done a really good job of um, exploring kind of like an Occam's razor perspective on these topics. And I, I really appreciate that because I think we need more, more of that. You know? I think so too. And uh, thank you for your kind words. And it's not that I don't believe in unexplainable things. Right. I believe in unexplainable things. I've had unexplainable things happen to me uh, a majority of my life. Right. But I don't pretend to know what that is. Bingo. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> right. And any attempts part. to explain it is going to uh, fall short of what it actually is. Right. Unexplainable things happen to people on a daily basis. Right. Mm. But the problem is, is that we create the scenario and we try to rationalize that unexplainable thing in our head. And then that creates this whole other scenario that gets accepted by more people. And then when other people have those kinds of experiences, they go to that person that they heard that had that unexplainable yes. experience. And then they repeat what they thought happened. And that person thinks that what they thought happened happened to them. And then it just becomes this revolving door of nonsense bullshit. Right. Yes. I've experienced a lot of things in, in my life. Like I've seen unexplainable craft in the sky when I was really younger. I have no idea what it was. Okay. <laughs> I had beans, coming out of the walls whenever I was younger, translucent beings that would surround me every night in my bed. I have no idea what that was. And I'm not even going to attempt to try and figure it out because within this community, you go to somebody and you tell them that you experienced that they're going to have an answer for you. Yes. And it's going to be their own interpretation of what happened. Right. Bingo. And that is wrong. That's not true. They didn't experience what you experienced. Right. right. And that's the whole point. Of and if I have no idea, then you sure as hell have no idea. Right. 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 We attempt to rationalize certain things that happen in our head and come to some sort of conclusion. But the conclusion is always going to be wrong. That is why I don't care to know any of that stuff. It does not matter to me. It doesn't cool. matter to that uh, that flying object uh, that I uh, that I saw in the sky or mm -hmm. translucent beings coming out of the walls whenever I was younger and surrounding me. I don't care, right? <laughs> that's, I, a, I, that's a big mo. That's that's brave, man. That's cool. I mean, yeah. just to, to be able to harness yourself and and just and take that stance is really a yeah. It's pretty cool. Not a yeah, lot of us can say that. <laughs> <laughs> it just does. It did, I realize that I don't think we're supposed to know. 
That's a very good point. I've definitely desperately tried to figure it out and haven't harnessed myself, but have still come to that conclusion. And uh, a friend of mine and I talk often about how a lot of times we end up coming to that conclusion over and over again and get addicted to the mystery itself. And, and yeah, you can get lost in a lot of rabbit holes. Not See, to say that there's nothing good that can come out of it. Exploring yourself and your consciousness and your subconscious amazing things can come of that. Um, but like you were saying, the most important thing I took from that was you go to somebody else that had that similar thing and you grapple onto a lot of the archetypes. And sometimes churches are built because of that. Other times entire governments and countries are formed. You know, the, these, this is how, it, how the game is played. And for me, it was, I took psychedelics when I was younger. I was an atheist. I took psychedelics and I didn't know what the hell happened to me. It was beyond <laughs> any of, I couldn't even really talk to my friends that tripped with me because it didn't really happen to them like that. And so what did I have to do? I had to go sit in a bookstore and read a bunch of dead people. And, you know, this is 20 years ago. And now I'm deep studying the 20th century and where all this shit comes from and the roots of all these psychedelic authors and where they got their shit and who they worked for, who was signing their. It's just, oh, my God, you know, it's when you start to see that it's all a hoodwink in some way or another, you've got to start to investigating it from the opposite perspective and start working backwards almost, you know? Yeah. You got to deconstruct it and revise it right yeah. as you go. But so, so many people are stuck on uh, a certain thing and they don't want to go any deeper because it exposes what they previously thought and what they, I've rearranged my thoughts and my beliefs several times. I mean, that is yeah. healthy. That you is healthy to, to do. Yeah. Yeah. All the time you do it when new evidence is presented, you have a new thought and new theory. It's okay to say that you were wrong about stuff, right? right. I said it several <laughs> times. I was wrong about a lot of things, right? But people yeah. have such an ego about them that they just double down on right. that belief. And when, when they're presented with a new thought and a new theory, they automatically shut it down because it disregards what they've been talking about for this entire time, right? Like if I were to go to somebody with my experiences growing up that was a part of this community, they would say, oh, you were abducted by gray aliens. They took you aboard your, their craft. They did all these experimentations on you and they, they <laughs> took, they made you have sex with sex robots and they uh, had, they took your sperm and like your DNA and all. And, and then I, I would be like, what are you talking about, bro? None of that shit happened, dude. Oh, you, you know? just don't remember, Ryder. They took exactly. that too. They try or and implant shadow people, you know. Yeah, they try and implant things, and that's the problem with regression. And I've talked about regression hmm. several times before on my show and on other people's show, right? Regression, especially within this community, the UFO community and the abduction and the extraterrestrial community, equate regression. Like if you have a regression, let's say that you were a regressionist, right? And you were a part of this community and I paid you $300 to regress me. Guess what you're going to find? Every single time you're going to find that there was some kind of extraterrestrial involvement, right? Because that is your background. That is what I'm paying you to do. I'm essentially paying you to find aliens to, in my to head. To find yeah. aliens in my head, right? And exactly. that can be yeah. 
that can be uh, suggest, suggested to the individual. I mean, if you look at Betty and Barney Hill, that's exactly what happened to Betty and Barney Hill. Dude, I was just going to, I wanted to, I couldn't let you go without that because I've kind of, I've shouted you out and mentioned you on episodes when I brought this up, but I didn't know the details. And yeah, I wanted to know, cause I know that you, there's no like actual proof, but there's like word of mouth or something within the military about the original take on that story. Can you just talk about that for a minute? So the original claims that uh, that Barney made before they got regressed, right? He made uh, many claims to people that his friends and his family and people that were uh, that he was uh, in contact with that it was the military that abducted them, that he saw military craft in military uniforms with military officers, right? And if you look at their sketches and their their drawings of what they later claimed after the regression were extraterrestrials, they look very similar to uh, military officers. They have the hat and all that. You know, they look like military officers, which is kind of a uh, a layover from what Barney earlier claimed. So. Right. After the regression, Betty started saying that it was extraterrestrials. Now, I don't know if this was an implanted suggestion from the regressionist or if it was something that she then created because trauma does a lot of things to our mind, right? Mm -hmm. If you're traumatized, uh, your mind can create something that wasn't real right? to explain what happened. Right, because mm. your mind can't uh, process it adequately enough to show you the real thing. It creates something. This right. is something very common within trauma. They figured this out during the MK Ultra programs, right? That mm. if you can traumatize somebody to such a degree, then you can implant beliefs, thoughts, and ideas into their head that aren't true. Yes, absolutely. And that's what regression can be done that's what can be done with regression too right you can get someone into a very relaxed state almost like a hypnotic state into a deep meditation they can be talking about whatever they want the regressionist can suggest or mention something completely opposite to what they're telling the regressionist and then they will start to experience that Mm -hmm. so the regressionist could have been like whenever barney was like oh yeah um it was the military. Uh, I saw, I see military people in military uniforms. It was a military craft. And then the, the regressionist can say something as subtle as, are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure it was just military? Yeah. Absolutely. And then that gets his mind thinking, oh, well, maybe there's something more to this. Right. right. And then it starts creating a different scenario than the original thing that you actually experienced. I think such a thank you for for giving that uh, the the significance of that is so interesting because the Betty and Barney Hill abduction is like a kickoff in the 20th century, is it not? Isn't that one of the our very, very first, first abductions yeah. in the United States? Yeah, and it's 1961. It comes from yeah, in 1961, an interracial couple comes forward and puts themselves into the public eye this like this it's so nuts that this was all happening and it has to do with aliens it's just 
it's so interesting how this all comes to be but this hypnotic suggestion stuff it's it's gone it's gone like open source at this point because now they have the internet now they have instagram and tiktok and everything like that oh man <laughs> and the mk ultra programs were running during this entire time you know right, what i mean exactly. so it's like that sounds like an mk happening? ultra program you know it, it yep. I'm going to reference this for the millionth time on my show. My good friend Thomas from Paranoid American, who writes amazing comics about conspiracies. He's got this one slide where it shows an underground laboratory and a, like a new recruit or whatever is being shown around. And behind the glass are all these dudes hopped up on psychedelics, attached to strings, dressed as superheroes, fighting monsters. And it's like, oh, this is all part of the programming process. And it's just absolutely brilliant because it sums up so much. You know, a lot of people always suggest like, oh, how could this many people be involved in a conspiracy? They're not. They're duped as well. They're they're shown exactly what we're told, you know, and that's why we can't we don't have time to get into it tonight. But the the, Sean Ryan just interviewed like three different whistleblowers that were on (laughs) on. uh friggin uh what's his name my favorite human being in the world Stephen greer's big yes. symposium and of course that was 99 percent uh little drawings from school projects just like he always has um my god there's just so much of it to to weed through but i really appreciate you being here with me finally we got to sit down and kind of dig our heels in on this topic and uh Maybe it could be the first of a couple different talks because we have there's so much more we could talk about in this this arena, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm down anytime, brother. I appreciate you letting me come on and have this conversation. I think it went great. I really enjoyed it, and uh, oh, yeah. thanks for having me on, my friend. And if uh, anyone's interested in checking out my work, I'm doing a series right now on uh, the UFO cults, and I still do uh, some discussions on my channel i'm moving away from interviews i'm not doing interviews too much anymore i'm doing more of a discussion based uh uh, topics and uh, doing my own shows on these uh, ufo cults and that'll be on raised by giants on youtube and anywhere podcasts are uh, served in on uh all the different all uh video platforms as well odyssey rockfin rumble and all those places so yeah i hope that everyone listening really enjoyed it and uh thanks for having me on brother appreciate it let's do it again absolutely man yeah this was great and please everybody go check out Ryder's new documentary with jay widener jfkx that sounds like an interview for the future as well if we can wrangle the two of you at some point um yeah congratulations on that and keep up the awesome work dude i'll be keeping track for sure everybody have a great night see you next time Thanks for listening to this episode of the Deep Share Podcast. If you want to hear more, then hit that subscribe button. Follow me on all the social places. And remember, think for yourself, but don't always believe what you think. Till next time. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats swimming together. That's Enough, I get the point. <laughs> you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. <laughs> and you will atone. What do we know? What do we know? If I know what we know, then I can tell you what we know. And if someone else knows, okay? <laughs> <laughs>
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.